Hello, everyone, and welcome to Just a Physician, the podcast where you explore vulnerability, mental health, and authenticity. And I am so excited for today's guest because I have been wanting to have her on the podcast ever since I first started planning it out. Please welcome the one and only Step Chicken Cult leader and fellow raver, Melissa Ong, or Chunky's Dead, as you probably know her. Hello, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. You look so amazing. You look dapper. As I said prior to the recording, Hawaiian skincare daddy as fuck. <laughs> um, I know that sounds literally so cringe, but that's actually how I feel in my heart and what I say to myself in my head whenever I see you on my feed. I'm like, that's you know, honestly, yeah. you are the only woman I will allow to call me daddy. I appreciate that. Okay. I love it. <laughs> oh my God. I love that we're on the same page here. I know. I love your outfit. I love, she, guys, she's wearing her merch. So please go. First of all, if you aren't already following her, like what are you doing with your life? You need that joy, that chaotic energy in your life pronto. And you need some merch. Um, I don't even have that beanie i don't even wear beanies okay well i'm just I gonna send to you one in every color oh my gosh yeah, no don't even like, worry about like it he doesn't wear beanies but <laughs> but i will for you baby i will Okay, I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. I am so excited to talk to you because I, I don't even remember when I started following you, but when I did, I was like, she is everything that I want to exude. Like the energy, the confidence, the chaotic energy. And then I figured out that you are a fellow raver. I figured out that you like love going to raves and raves are like my favorite things ever. And literally it is one of my dreams to go raving with you one day. I just, I oh love you so much. <laughs> Dude, I love you so much. And like, also I, um, I actually really appreciate you inviting me to talk vulnerably and seriously on this podcast. I think like a lot of good comedian, not like, not like I'm such a good comedian, but I think that a lot of comedians out there who I really love and respect are also just very insightful people mm -hmm. because I think what makes a comedian good is being able to distill the kind of harsh, emotionally driven, abstract concepts of life yep. into digestible pieces for other people. And so when I saw the question list, I was just like, oh wow, Hiram actually like knows a lot about me because you were referring to things I had talked about yeah. in videos that no one had ever watched of mine um i kind of went on this whole like i'm gonna make serious mental health content on youtube and i don't and I, I went through like a phase or whatever um where i just like basically spilled out my guts online and like 2,000 people saw it and i was like yeah so <laughs> transgressive um but yeah but like people like like i think in general usually people like quote unquote want from me are just my jokes but mm -hmm. um as a person i feel like my comedy is so like deeply intertwined with all of my life philosophies also yes. so it's so hard for me to express comedy and only be that and not be able to express this serious side of me well as well like so I really thank you for giving yeah. me on to have this opportunity of course absolutely that's literally like one of the reasons I like started the podcast and why I named it just a position because I was like there are so many incredible content creators and incredible public figures online that a lot of times we tend to view through such a narrow scope like uh you do comedy yeah. I do skincare and we don't get to get a deeper look at you know what happens behind the scenes and what you were touching on like with being a comedian like you were I completely agree with what you're saying because in order to be a comedian you have to be able to you know view society through a different scope and a different lens and like you said distill everything that you know we kind of believe as a society and 
be able to kind of turn it on, turn it on its head, but that a lot of times doesn't come without its consequences and its side effects, which which can be like really difficult. And you've you've kind of gone through that journey on your social media platforms, talking about like mental health, talking about um, you know just being really transparent and, and authentic about what your personal experiences and and you know mental health troubles and you know um, all all the different challenges that you struggle. And you you flip it on its head and you show it in such an entertaining and comedic and funny way. And that's one of the reasons I love your content so much. I mean, I talk about this all the time with people in my life. I think one of the best ways to, you know, look at life and especially look at the most challenging things that you go through is through humor, like making fun of yourself, making totally. fun of the things that we oftentimes just take way too damn seriously. Yeah, when something epically tragic happens or overly traumatic happens, like how else are you supposed to process it? Like there, like I really like this quote that it's it's like pain is uh, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. Oh, which I is love basically that. like yeah, shit happens, but then the way that you interpret it can make you either like suffer more through it. Like if you're mm -hmm. already feeling ten out of ten bad, you're, the thoughts in your mind can make it like a hundred out of ten bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and so I and, and so I do think like the at least for me true happiness has come from like getting not necessarily like control of my own thoughts mm -hmm. but yeah in some ways control of my own thoughts like yeah. being conscious of like all the things that are popping up in your head and like how uh, like I think people are so often confused by others behavior because people lack an understanding of how deep and complex humans really are. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I made it this quote when I was high and I thought I was like so smart. <laughs> like me and my best friend, we were like smoking. And I was like, I just came in with this crazy quote because we were just talking about how um, like when you are in a romantic relationship or any sort of relationship with somebody who doesn't necessarily match you intellectually mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and say I don't think everybody's equally smart, okay? I think most people are stupid. <laughs> um, in a way that matters. I just like, I just, I, I feel that way. Honestly, um, having like previously like opinion, yeah. worked in the service industry, like I used to be this person that was uh, maybe a little too altruistic for my own good, but then I started like working in service industry and customer service and stuff. And I'm just like, bro, we need help as a society, people. We need help. <laughs> There's like, no, no, yeah, for sure. And like, I feel like I met equally dumb people at Google in Berkeley. So yes. I think everybody is dumb in their own. Like I am personally only good at three things, which is like, you know, so no, but like, yeah, no, but personally, like I'm good at my job mm -hmm. and sex. And um, I kind of forget what the other thing is. Like I have this like weird talent. I forgot. Oh yeah, I can do this like weird helicopter thing. Um, really? It doesn't matter. So yeah. It's oh my God, I want to see like, Can you do it right uh, now? Okay, I'll just do it really okay, quick. Okay, I want to see really it. Quick. Yeah, just real quick, just real, just real quick. Yeah, so my friend oh. Brandon taught it to me. I've been doing it. Oh my yeah, gosh. I've seen people do that at raves, but I literally have no idea. It's harder than it looks. Yeah, the, yeah, the no, coordination um, necessary is something beyond my skill set. So props to you. Yeah, Bravo. no, I've been doing it at I've been doing it at parties. <laughs> I'm doing it at parties. Oh my um, god, you're the popular just to one at the parties. feel something. <laughs> yes. uh, I wouldn't say popular, but definitely, definitely looks like I didn't get enough attention growing up, for sure. <laughs> Well, you touched on one thing that I'm so interested in asking you. So, like, you used to work at was you were, used to work at Google, right? And then you mm -hmm. left yeah. that job. 
Um, was it in order to pursue social media? I find that so fascinating. Like to make ass shake, <laughs> to make ass shaking jokes online. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. truly meaningful. You know, substantial, world changing content as as you have successfully <laughs> done. Um, why? So like, why did you leave? Like, what was that journey like? Like working at Google, and what made you like make that leap of faith? Because that is that is quite a jump, and for most people, would absolutely terrify them. And a lot of people would just stay in a job like that just because that's the expectation. Yeah, and I've met those people. I met, I like worked with those people who were, you know, in year 50 of their life and had just been doing the corporate shit mm -hmm. forever and are like totally miserable. Um, but I think it was just like, basically the, the reason that I worked at Google and the reason I went to Brooklyn was I was just on this totally, I think I was just one of those stereotypical millennials who believed in this whole like, you need to go to a good college mm -hmm. and get a good job yep. and like, because I think that um, at least, you know, I I'm 29, or I just turned 29. Hey, Gemini, oh my God, um, yes. Wait, are you Gemini? No, I'm not, I'm not, but I do get along with Geminis. And I think my moon is in Gemini, so. There we go, connection. Oh my God. I know. So your inner <laughs> chaos is my outer chaos. Yes, I'm like exactly. ironically into astrology now. When I first moved to LA, I was like, I'm not gonna get into astrology. And now I've lived here for like, I don't know, a year or two years now. And I'm like, yeah, I'm uh, like, life is just a slow process of becoming what you hate. Um, yes. So yeah. Uh -huh. And what you followed, mock like, and I'm make fun like of. I'm just like other girls. I'm just like other girls. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I'm just like other girls. Um, or like, um, but like, I think I was just, I think I just grew up feeling very scared and anxious mm -hmm. of my financial stability in mm -hmm. the future. Like I think, Same. I think it's really interesting. So um, as I'm now like a little more welcome in the traditional entertainment world, I'm mm -hmm. realizing that so many of the people in traditional entertainment, like that, it's not that they're not talented or hard workers, but that a lot of them just come from a lot of money or mm -hmm. have generational, mm -hmm. you know, wealth or whatever. Nepotism but then I kind of grew up like- well. Yep, I feel that. <laughs> totally, yeah. Versus I feel like I grew up more of like an, like an average American. Mm -hmm. um, and so, or I mean, you know, average Asian or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Um, and, and so I definitely just felt the like, yeah, like I've, I just had such a single track mind because I was just like, yeah, I have to get into a good college. Like I just have to get into a good college because that'll, you know, help me get a good job. And then yeah. like I won't have to, you know, live poor like I did growing up because being poor sucks. Mm -hmm. And everybody in my life is telling me that being poor sucks and that you should do, 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 do. And especially like with the state of the economy in like the way that we grew up where the job market was so like fucked up and student loans were like so fucked up or whatever. I, I just think that there's a whole generation of like a type of millennial like me mm -hmm. who has been you know infected by that fear yes. and like operates their life that way and then um so basically like you know in my heart like I'd always been artistic but mm -hmm. I just feel like um and like as a child like I wanted to pursue art but then you know everybody in your life tells you that you like shouldn't do art because yes. you're just gonna end up poor and everyone in the Asian community was like you should be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer mm -hmm. or something that and, you know so everyone was like preaching this like this like if you like if you go to like Harvard or Stanford and then you get a job mm -hmm. at fucking like Google or McKinsey you'll be you know happy and you'll be the it's like the best type of lame success in my opinion yep um and I totally and I totally subscribe to that and I was just lying to myself about how unhappy I was the entire journey and I just feel like how it happened was every year I just hated it more and more mm -hmm. so um so while I was at Berkeley I was just like I kind of had a chip on my I was just like yeah like you know I'll do the Berkeley thing, then I'll get a job at Google or whatever. Yep. Yep. Um, Just the cycle. And then, um, yeah, and then, um, 
you know, I feel like I worked really hard to like get the job at Google. And I thought that that would make me happy. But every year of working in tech um, prior to, because I uh, started working for Google in like 2019, I think. Oh, wow. Um, okay, and I graduated in 2015. Yeah. Nice. And so, um, yeah, prior to that, I worked at like a like a bunch of random tech places. So like... <laughs> Yahoo and HuffPost and AOL, whatever. Oh, whatever. Um, bad memories, bad memories. Bad no, memories. No, yeah. <laughs> memory, trauma, trauma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Adobe, Cisco. And so, um, I know. I know. I mean, yeah. Uh, I'm scared. Scared talking better. But anyway, so, um, but I think that, like, by the time I got to Google, like, this is, like, year, I don't know, eight of me, mm-hmm. like, really deeply lying to myself. Because at mm-hmm. Berkeley, like, I studied... Um, like cognitive science and kind of like a mix of computer science and neuroscience yeah. focused within the major. Um, hated both of them, totally hated Ugh. both of them, but just kind of was like doing it because I thought, like literally my thought process was, okay, out of the three jobs that are going to give me financial stability that I mm. could withstand, there's the doctor shit, that sounds terrible, can't do that, it's going to take too long. There's the business stuff, um, yeah, my brain doesn't work that way, still doesn't work that way, not good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I'll do tech, and tech was booming the Bay Area at the time. So it mm-hmm. literally was just sort of like, what is the formula to achieving ultimate unhappiness within the <laughs> system? Like, yes, and then like you arrive at the and, point where you're, you know, in all those opportunities, seeing that success, you know, you, you get to that point, and you realize, like, nothing's there, really. Or at least, like, I feel like I can relate to it on, on a lot of levels as well, because I grew up in an environment. I mean, I grew up on a cattle ranch in the middle of bumfuck Arizona, uh, middle of nowhere. And similar to you, it was like, everything I was told growing up was like, you need to, you know, find a job that makes you really good money. Do you want to end up like this, how we're living? You know, you got to make opportunities. And it was like, yeah. literally the thing that drove so much of what I did. And I was like, I need to just focus all my time, energy and attention on trying to get, you know, a, a good money making job, because that's the most important right. thing. And in a way, I feel like having that instilled in you from such a young age, completely strips away a person's individuality and you know uh, totally. creative uh, creative things that they can contribute to the world because you're literally conforming to what you know uh, these companies or society or whatever like uh, count how many times we say society in this podcast um you're just conforming to what is kind of expected or what is upheld as the you know epitome did I say epitome epitome of success and dude wh- I haven't read a book in 10 years bro I don't give a fuck <laughs> My I pronunciation was black. I don't think I even know how to read anymore. <laughs> yeah, same. Honestly, I think TikTok completely ruined that. You know, why would I want to look me? at words for fun? Exactly. Why would I want to look at paper and words? That's crazy, dude. Like I know. there was this fucking there was this meeting at Google or whatever, or it was like one of those icebreaker ones, and it was like, "What's your favorite book you're reading right now?" Like, and I was like, uh, "Ew, what an what a non-inclusive <laughs> question. Like way to like way to assume, okay? Like, Jesus. like my favorite book would, is like, TikTok. Talk options. about it at yeah. lunch." <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm just like, my favorite book is this meme page. Yeah, exactly. But I think when you're like, I think you're totally right about stripping away your your individuality by like imposing all this pressure because you're like, just, I don't know, you're like molding a child because like that's when we were hearing these things, right? When we were children, Mm -hmm. where you're like molding our brains into feeling like the top priority is not your happiness, but is like this other thing. And I mean, in some ways that makes sense because Mm -hmm. I think... You know, if you're really in financial ruins, it can be really hard to be happy. Of course, like, yeah, it, it, it like, affects your life in a lot of ways. Bro, money does, but it, like it's funny. It's like 
I feel like money buys happiness and also pays away unhappiness. Yeah, so. you know, money really like buys opportunities for you to find joy. So the, the you know, happiness isn't in the money itself or necessarily even in the opportunities itself, but the freedom you have to really find what brings you happiness and doesn't just kind of chain you down. So in a lot of ways, I think- I think the only time money down. like bought me happiness for real was this one time I just, um, I like had a hundred dollar bill and I snorted a line of Molly <laughs> off my friend's ass. <laughs> Crack, and I was like, money does buy happiness. And there's like some clip of me online <laughs> somewhere. But I'm, I'm so like, that's dumb. another Asian. That's not me. Um, money buys like, serotonin depletion. I was trying to look But like, yeah, but like literally. So I think the uh, in 2020, when I was working at Google, I literally just got to a breaking point that had just build, been building over the course of the eight mm-hmm. years, because it was like four years at Berkeley, then four years of working in tech before um, working at Google, like working at all the fucking tech companies that are all the same anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, what's crazy is like, people are so surprised always about how unhappy I was at Google, unless they're like also from that space, then they're like, oh yeah, this is fucking terrible. But um, yeah. But I think like, you know, people are so like ready to believe what like the majority of media is saying and the mm-hmm. majority of media what the majority of media says about Google is like it's the happiest place to work because it has all <laughs> these perks and all these benefits um but like and so it's like this weird thing where if you're unhappy there people are like so um like, like holier than thou they're like oh. they're like what do you mean like you're so privileged you know how many people would kill the work that, you know oh, how many people yes. would kill it's literally devil wears prada family quotes. and their dog and their cows to be in your position now <laughs> like people get so annoying about it and um and it's like bro just like but like ultimately like so I, I just couldn't even admit to myself that i was unhappy until i literally just had a mental breakdown and i was like yeah yep i literally just had a mental breakdown like three months into working there and then I was like yeah I need to quit but after I get my bonus because I was still a scared little bitch so I stayed there for like a year to get my bonus and then Mm -hmm. I left I was like yeah I fucking quit (laughs) I mean hey that's pretty smart whenever like people want to quit their jobs I'm like I think that's great if you're not happy but make sure you have a plan in place I just want to say I'm super proud of you for recognizing that so early on and being able to get out because the amount of people who are trapped in just this cycle this this mental cycle of like I should be grateful to be in this opportunity I'm making money Mm -hmm. I'm seeing success all these things but completely depressed and miserable in the process and like honestly if you want to see a group of really depressed people like talk about like tech tech people finance bros like that is just oh like God, a miserable so lifestyle in so many ways and you know the only it's like a happiness is what we attach to it yeah but and it's also unhealthy to like be in that environment for so long because mm-hmm. I think like you know all these corporate people you go into office with all these other unhappy corporate people and there's this thing where everybody is just like you know it's like there's an energy to it you know how like Mm -hmm. Coachella there's like an energy to it I just think I genuinely believe like there's an energy to places um not in like a wooey way but in an actual like stimulation way like you go to Manhattan Mm -hmm. and you're just like yeah there's a lot of stimulation happening in these flavors therefore it is this kind of energy um Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah but I think like I felt like Google was very bleak you know it's like this thing that tricks you into like like I almost think that like there are different types of unhappiness right like I think what's like I mean obviously I would rather you know have free food 
in my dystopia yeah. than not free yes, food. Of but <laughs> um, but at least in like regular corporate environments, you can be like, yeah, this fucking sucks, right? Yeah, yeah this sucks. Yeah. You know, there's no lying about it versus I felt like at in so many tech places people are just like lying to each other and to themselves mm-hmm. and gaslighting each other and gaslighting themselves into being like shouldn't you be so happy in this environment think about how yes. other people don't get these kinds of perks in the office but you're still doing something that you hate and being around a bunch of yeah. people who are doing something that they hate because no one's like you know, like no one's coming to work and being like, I'm so passionate about the way that Google Docs is reforming and making education more accessible <laughs> for kids. Like, I don't think anyone really gives a shit about that. I mean, it's so horrific for your mental health for that. to just be like repeating to yourself or being in an environment that has to remind you that you're happy and kind of like force feed you that. And it reminds me of this really powerful quote that I heard that like moved me. I, I think it was an Olympic gold medalist. I cannot remember who, but they won a gold medal and they said like why did no one tell me that once you get to the top there's nothing there which I thought like impacted me so much because I think that goes for like your job so many other jobs and other positions where it's like if it doesn't bring you joy and happiness no amount of you know like success financial opportunity connections networking yada 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 will be able to you know provide that satisfaction and that meaning and for you you were able to like pursue you know a, a creative field which I think is it, personally to me, in my opinion, is so much more fulfilling in so many ways. And one of the things I love about your content that I, I think, think that's is just so true. Cool. I think that's yeah. just right. Like I think that um, I, I read this thing recently that um, it talks about how like a lot of people who are just born rich and have all their needs taken care of just naturally go towards art. Like I think mm-hmm. in some ways a lot of human tendency is just to naturally go towards art like it's like it's so interesting right like I think across the world there is some level of fascination with the Mm -hmm. entertainment industry not to be not not to be like so like oh my god it's like all about but I think no really though like when you go across the world like there is just a universal fascination with like what fame is like Mm -hmm. um not Mm -hmm. that you know we're like super famous, but you know what I mean. I'm just talking about like as you see in the industry. <laughs> yes. I mean, actually, well, actually, you are. So. <laughs> no, no, not at all, <laughs> not at all. Are you kidding? I don't have a cult following me, following my every step like you do. I think man. you do, bro. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you do. I'm pretty sure you do. I consider myself a part of the Hiram cult. Oh, thank you. I I appreciate it. I mean, yeah. Is this? I, oh my God, is this love in? like the modern century <laughs> being like oh my god like i would totally have heard of your cult like, I don't think oh my god i love you your mid. cult i absolutely love you like true cult fan i just think yeah. everything about you is like literally so bussing on god for real no cap like literally <laughs> no cap <laughs> Hello, oh my okay. gosh. I just think everything about you is so fucking bussin. Yeah, this is the like, future that liberals. This is the future that liberals want. Just cults. Yeah, society each other. is over three percent. Society, bro. I mean, you're right though. Art inspires. Yeah. Art, like it moves us forward. It like it introduces so many like radical ideas and things like that we need to shift as a society. And speaking of that, actually, that's one thing I love about your content is you 
I have never seen another creator, and I mean this, I've never seen another creator just be so authentic, real, and just honest about so many like human life experiences. Like you, you talk so openly about women's sexuality, which I love, like psychedelics, you know, a, a drug positivity. Like there's so many things that you talk about in your content that I'm just like, yes, I love watching this because it's taking away, you know, the, the shame that I think so many people feel like like talking talking about that. Also, um, like speaking of women's sexuality, you have your clitoral hoodie right like oh I think my God. <laughs> do you have it right please show it I just <laughs> I love the Naruto run you that you do. <laughs> oh my god I'm literally just stripping I'm just taking this off oh for free okay. oh my gosh oh my I wish god. I had dollar bills to Eddie. just like start throwing at you aggressively dude I know yes. I wish I had monopoly money to throw at me okay this is like literal <laughs> hoodie I love it. And honestly, it's, it's so cute. Hoodie. I love the design. Like, that's one Dude, thing that you do you. so Shout out to openly. my designer, Hannah, for making it. It's, it's literally so, so funny. I love it. I mean, yeah, we were it, that's a prime example of, like, how open you are about just, like, talking about things like women's sexuality that people, for some bullshit reason, feel so much, like, shame about. I love your content for that reason. You just have absolutely no, no filter. It's It's so, honestly, inspiring to me. Like, I can only do the bare minimum. Like, everything I do is, like, nothing I've ever forced myself to do. It's just because I was, like, manic and on when I just, like, felt like doing it. But when it comes to, like, I literally can't force myself to do anything. I, that's why I haven't read a book in so long. Yep. Like, I just literally, like, no amount of, like, even if, like, God were to come down and be like, I will strike you and all of your friends and family if you don't <laughs> read this book right now. Like, I'm just like, I'm sorry, guys. We're all going to hell immediately because... There's no fucking way I'm going to read a book line just because God comes down and threatens me in my entire fucking lineage, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but I think, great. like, because uh, I think, like, at, it was so interesting. Like, when I was a kid at a very early age, I didn't really, I think I just didn't, I think I just wasn't socialized properly. So, like, random fact, like, um, I was in, like, like, I was misput, misplaced in special ed. In, ele in, oh, in elementary school really? and I have this theory about how it like really stunted my social growth but like in but I think for, for the better or whatever because mm -hmm. I would like you know um but but I think you know as a kid I was always just like saying whatever came to my mind and people were always saying like oh don't do that like that's so mm -hmm. weird and I was like why is it weird because it didn't make sense to me so for example like I remember when I was in grade school one of the things that I think like got me put in special ed or whatever um mm -hmm. I would just I was so obsessed with like being naked so I'd be at recess and I'd be like taking all my clothes off and I would like and I would draw and I would like draw photo like pictures like shitty crayon pictures of everybody naked so I'd draw my teacher naked my classmates naked and I'd be like yeah I'm naked. and then I, I would like and I would like be on all fours and be like no I'm not even kidding I would like run around on all fours and like and be like doesn't matter we're all animals and like but I was in kindergarten and so like oh my god and, but then, I but, love it so, but I remember I remember people being like oh my teacher being like hey Melissa don't you think it's better to draw people with clothes on and I was like huh why I don't know like, how to nor. draw clothes like no yeah, nar. Like, nar. And I was like, I don't know. Um, but it's it's so weird because like you grow up like that. And I think also like growing up as like you know like a female in society, and my and my parents had like pretty conservative beliefs about like what women should be and how mm. you know Asians should be or whatever. Um, so I think I just like you know wasn't really comfortable being myself until I started doing TikTok because mm -hmm. um, I think like. Because I just, I, I just never felt like I could be myself, and that brought me so much misery in, like, the Berkeley Google environment. Like, I remember, mm -hmm. okay, so um, how I got my first 
internship in tech was um, I wrote this like song my sophomore year after I took my very first computer science class or whatever and was just and it was oh, called okay. Teach Me to Debuggy based on Teach Me How to Duggy. Oh, okay. And then um, I was like, this would be so funny if I like performed it at the tech career fair. And I did. So I got I got drunk really? and I got a microphone and I performed Teach Me How to Debug. I mean like I didn't like perform it. I literally like stole a microphone from someone and was like <laughs> and I was like, hey guys, just hijacked um, your way to the stage. <laughs> Yeah, but I like I and I was like so obnoxious, but I ended up getting a lot of attention, and that did get me my very first like inter- I think it was at like Adobe or Cisco or something. I can't no remember. Way. And I was like, cool, that worked. And I remember so I was telling, cool. and I t- and I was like, and I was so excited that I had like done this like stupid thing, and I told this guy that I went on a date with at Berkeley, mm-hmm. uh, and he was just so, and he literally was so turned off. He was just like, oh my god, like that's so embarrassing. Like you don't think that's so embarrassing? Like, who would do that? Boo. And on I was a just date? like, oh, that's but like weird. that story is like, but it's so like that story. And not that I'm like really affected by it, <laughs> other than the fact that I'm talking about it now, eight years <laughs> later. Um, so not affected by it. Just talking about it now publicly online, eight years after it just happened. Just call this a therapy session. It's fine. Actually, it's just, fine. Yeah, anyway, but, um, <laughs> but but I feel but I feel like you know. Um, like people who are I, I like naturally more creative like me, you kind of get bullied or pressured into thinking mm-hmm. that you have to do that like other technical bullshit environment and yeah, yeah, and it, and it fucking sucks because so like now I'm at this I'm in this like really weird position where I feel like like the last two years of me putting myself out there online and making content, I'm like, oh my god, this is the first time in my life I'm actually being rewarded for my natural creativity and like yes. the natural things that happen in my mind as opposed to being punished. Like I had never felt mm-hmm. like my, you know, weirdness or creativity was a good thing until I started doing content. All of a sudden everyone's like, you know, in entertainment, everyone's like, whoa, you're so great, you're so blah. And I'm just like, really? Because everyone my whole life has been telling me that I'm too intense. Yeah, and that well, it's that's weird the thing. That, that is like bad. the thing I hate about our culture is that like our culture demands conformity, but only celebrates the outliers, which are people who have had to completely rebel against what is normal, what is acceptable, what is okay. And it's so ironic because like we celebrate the concept of success and like, oh, you need to be successful and like get to this point. But the people who have been the most successful, the most impactful, changed the world the most are the ones who went completely against the grain, completely against what was expected of them and completely against what the path is that so many people expect. And it's this weird like clash because I'm like, how how are we still, you know, in your situation, people telling you like, oh, you shouldn't do that. That's weird. That's strange. Um, yet, you know, by embracing that and by showcasing that on TikTok um, and, and now in so many facets of the entertainment industry, um, you know, you're celebrated for that, which I think is just a prime example of our just need to let go of just these stupid societal standards that expect us to like have to act in a certain way or have to go a specific career path or anything like that. I, I, something I always thought, think about when it came to, you know, creating content. And one thing I had to learn very early on is that if you want to be successful and grow in creating content, you have to be willing to embarrass yourself online because it really is embarrassing. You have to be weird and you have to be different because that's the only way you're going to stand out. Yeah, exactly. You literally have to be cringe. Like I always say, I am cringe, but I am free. I wish I made that up. I just saw it on I a meme that. of a cow. Like literally, there was this meme of like a cow, and I was like, I'm cringe, but I'm free. And I, I need was that like, yeah, on I would t-shirt. relate to you, cringe cow. Um, but but no, I, but I think that like it's so interesting. Like I think especially now, 
online, there's such a fear of being cringe. Mm-hmm. Um, Ugh, so like stupid. even more so than before. But I think it's, I actually think that being afraid of being cringe is cringe because yeah, yeah, it shows definitely. that you're scared and that you're just like, every, that you're just like everyone else. No, but it's moral um, superiority. I think it's way cooler. Honestly, like oh, if totally. you're afraid of being cringe and judge comes people. Out of being, yeah, yeah. And it, and it only comes out of a place of insecurity exactly like i think what's so interesting um of like the way that people approach things like i think so many people just they some of their opinions are formed out of a bad place so like out of a place of sadness or insecurity or Mm -hmm. hate or unresolved trauma or whatever and then so their like opinion and take on life is i think you know obviously naturally a reaction to that but then um i mean i don't know but also but i also think that it's really important to take responsibility for your child like I think that there are so many people out there who feel like their trauma is like unique or whatever like I think there's that line in Bojack Horseman where it's like the saddest thing was thinking um that you know my trauma or whatever made me special and I think uh and and it's true and and then like and then you get to a certain point and um like like what I don't really like about just the the temperament of like online discourse now is there's so much validation of victim culture mm-hmm. and I think that like you know victim culture was born out of good place mm-hmm. like because you know I think it, it was a reaction to like victim shaming yes um yep. but now it's like I, I think things always like societal opinions just just go so radically from one end to the other they're just like constantly shifting yep. and reacting it's a pendulum in like the swing. most extreme ways always back and yeah forth totally to it's just like extreme. it's just so now it's like this thing where it's like everybody's a victim always um and like everybody is accountable for everyone's and I think that's like so unhealthy Um, Yeah, because a lot of it comes out of projection, too, like people projecting a lot of that because it is, you know, like we do have our own individual traumas and we do have our own individual horrible experiences. And, uh, you know, it's it's important to talk about it and to open up about that and to share that um, in an effort to, you know, like help other people who may be going through that. But it's not okay to project the toxic traits that that trauma or those bad experience left with you and excuse it, which is kind of like what a lot a lot of what I see online where people are projecting that onto other people, you know, in a small way, giving other people trauma from their own trauma and kind of excusing it underneath the label of victim. And obviously it's, it's a gray area, but I see that happen in such a toxic way so many times where I'm like, yes, we've had, you know, you've had horrible experiences. We have had horrible experiences, but it is up to us to like resolve that and not drag other people into that negativity, which I feel like I've seen a lot online with victim culture. I don't know if you agree. Oh, yeah. And I think it's, like, the difference between fault and responsibility. Like, um, I think I first learned that content from back when I was reading Mark Manson in 2016. No, he's great. Oh. Like, I, just, I was, I think I was just going through a specific phase. I was, like, you know, uh, like, really, I think I was really depressed my entire life up until recently. Mm, um, okay. So, so I'd always read, um, like, Mark Manson-type shit. Mm. I love um, Unfuck Your Brain by Carl Lowenthal. Oh, I think those yes. are the only Such two sort of, like, self-help things that I think are actually good. Of the, of the, the ones that I've come across, that I think mm-hmm. are, like, actually good and deep and, like, meant for smart people. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, just not, not like, the abstract shit where it's, like, yeah. self-care yeah. is just kind of giving yourself a bath and businesses. Yeah, where and it's actually like, pointing okay. you to, like, helpful mental directions. I feel like so much self-help is, like too conceptual or too like uh you know too bland or too general when i'm just like no give me the points i need to know exactly what to do i need to know the help and that's one of the things i like about unfuck your brain like uh what i saw in that book when i was reading it 
One thing that I respect so much about your content as well, which is really difficult and kind of in the conversation of, you know, being willing to embarrass yourself and put yourself out there and be open to criticism and judgment and, you know, that moral superiority complex um, is being so open about your mental health. Like mental health is something that is very important to me because oh, I have been through the ringer, like between depression, yeah. eating disorder, self-harm, you know, suicide, all, all those different things totally. like I've had experience with. And a Same. lot of people feel shame and embarrassment opening up about that and the reality of opening up about that on the internet is that you are almost welcoming the criticism and the the shame and all, all of that from a sea of people. But you've been so honest and upfront about it in a really not only funny way, but in a, you know, very vulnerable way, um, you know, talking about details that maybe other people wouldn't feel comfortable with. And I think that's so cool. But I also want to ask you, like, what your experience has been like with that? Has it been empowering? Has it been challenging? How has it affected your mental health? I think um, in general, the only way that I can feel happy is if I'm genuinely being myself 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's just me because I, I, feel, I feel like not, not everybody necessarily gets happiness that way. Mm -hmm. um, but um, like I think that for so long, like I just wasn't able to be or I wasn't like happy being myself fully because I felt like I was getting so many environmental repercussions and I think mm -hmm. like you know at, at the time we were growing up you know like growing up you know in, like in the 90s as like an Asian American and a female and having all the stereotypical like woman race like whatever yep. pressures put on to me like I think I was just like taught that I needed to live my life caring so much about everybody else's opinion of me because it was like subconsciously taught that like, oh, your self-worth is entirely dependent on everybody else's opinion of you. Yes. And so for things like, and so like, I think there, and there's so many different ways in which that manifests. So there's like goodness of person, there's that category. Mm -hmm. So you have to like look like a good person mm -hmm. by, you know, <laughs> doing like, you know, I don't know, by like making moral decisions or whatever. And then um, you have to, like be like not too much of a degenerate or whatever mm -hmm. um but and then um I just feel like over time I was just sort of like like wouldn't it be amazing if I could experience life without fear because I think I think I was I used to live life the same way that most people do where I make so, where I make so many decisions just out of fear or because of what other people think and not out of like desire and not giving a fuck about what anyone thinks. And so yeah. I think the more I just, and then, so I think, you know, after I quit Google and put myself out online, like the more I practice, just not really giving a fuck about what anyone else thought, I was like, oh, I'm so much happier this way. And like, um, and I think like when you like deep within yourself genuinely don't care about what other people think because you don't, your self-worth isn't tied up in other people's opinions and you like get to a place of like happiness and self-confidence, then like, I don't feel like, I don't feel uncomfortable talking about drugs or sexuality or yeah. like, um, any of that shit because I think that, um, I consider myself like a highly intelligent person. Um, I would say you are too. In, in, in like the... Yeah, in, in like the ways that I am, like I'm really bad at like most shit, but like in the ways that I am. Um, and so I think that like, if people think that me talking about my sexuality or experience with drugs or like any of that stuff that's typically considered taboo is bad, I literally think they're stupid. Cause I'm just oh, like, you're not seeing agree. what I'm seeing. 
Like I, and I also have like the, I don't know, the basic marketing credentials of a, of a, I don't know, generically smart person, you know? Um, and so Girl, it's this, like, anything it's you know like, how to do, ah, it's how to on, market like, yourself. Like you, you do oh, that so like, well, you know how to like really put it out there and you kind of, I see how you're able to really take those taboo topics, which I, I think are stupid because literally every single one of the things that you talk about are part of the normal human experience. Like it's happening all around us just because people aren't comfortable talking about it online doesn't mean that the majority of people are not talking about that doing that participating in that whatever it is why are people in america so obsessed with seeming good or i mean why are people just so obsessed with seeming good in general i think it's also a cultural thing where it's like you know i think uh this is just i don't like my like you know america was sort of founded on very you know religious grounds yes um not that other places weren't but you know there's so much more of a like of a like shame around sex and drugs here versus mm-hmm. if you go to other countries there's like much more shame around violence um yeah. versus sex they're much more open like, about sex and drugs but then really there's like no things. violence <laughs> yeah. yeah and then and, and then it, and then also like you know we grow up in the american education system where they're like america's the good free one out of all the other countries mm-hmm. it did yep. all the good free shit um and <laughs> and then you grow up and you're like actually that's not true (laughs) you actually um but like i think that um like i genuinely think that most people deal with some sort of mental like i i think it's almost stupid if you don't because i Mm -hmm. i saw this thing that was like maybe mental illness is just a natural reaction to the state of the world it's like it's like i believe that's so reality it's like look at how fucked up like it's it's almost like how could you not be mentally ill right like look at if you're like look at how fucked up individual humans are and history and the world and just how everything like if you just consider the harsh reality of everything happening for a moment it's just like yeah how could you not have mental illness and i almost think so much mental illness is like this whole like let's try to be a normal happy society despite all this like fucking crazy shit happening and us and all these like crazy systems happening it's sort of like hello are you like perceiving the nature of your reality um yeah it's turning a blind eye to the actual like problems in the world by trying to you know convince ourselves either as individuals or you know as a country or whatever it may be of you know a a false reality of ignoring the actual problems that are happening and in regards to mental health like i completely believe that in so many ways because it's like look at what we consider to be like the values of our society as a whole you know like what are we upholding as you know the the standard and i think in so many ways that contributes to a lot of mental health issues because if we're valuing things like money and purely success and jobs like what you had before and attention and you know a a fame and these things that truly at their core don't provide meaning how how can we expect it to like yield any positive mental health results? It doesn't. Like it contributes to it in so many ways. I think it's just a natural byproduct of what the world is that we live in, which is why I think it's so good to not only as individuals like separate ourselves from that mindset, but also to have people like you creating content that is just so open, that's so progressive, that is pushing conversations, even if it's in like a silly comedic way, I think actually meaningfully pushes forward conversations that we need to be having. And honestly, that's why I find and so I much think inspiration. Ultimately, in everyone just, oh, thank you so much. And, <laughs> I, I, and I just think that, you know, the truth of it is like, everybody sucks a little bit or a lot and like like a lot of like most people have you know good and bad qualities like i don't think there's this like good person bad person Mm -hmm. thing um like i don't think that 
like, you know, me doing morally questionable things sometimes all the time well but not, but not like actually morally mm-hmm. questionable mm-hmm. right like there are things that people associate with morals mm-hmm. like i don't know recycling like <laughs> yeah bro i don't always throw the plastic thing in the plastic hoops sometimes i'm fucking lazy and i just do it in the other like i, I don't think i'm a worthless human being because of that yeah yeah no it's it's all a gray area we have to recognize the you know um the, the, the mix space. of everything. Yeah, like that. It's it's a blend. It's about, you know, um, committing to being better. It's about, you know, um, working hard individually to become better. Not this expectation of like you are either a good person or you are a shitty person. And there is no in between. And we have to associate you with either one or the other. It's a blend. And I think the more that people realize that just everything is a gray area and everything's really complicated and nothing is black and white. And we have to like, you know, once we recognize that, I feel like it'll, it'll help the world change in such a better way and I think you are a perfect example of that sorry I know like this whole episode it seemed like I'm like fangirling over you and that is because that is true because I just think like your, oh my God. your content no, and everything you is so, so cool <laughs> thank you I love talking to you I'm the biggest fan of you oh my god like you like seeing your face on my screen gives me this like weird not weird like weird good like angelic Jesus-y feeling <laughs> somehow like I don't know like like, it's like, um, I did this comedy special about how I put, like, Molly in my asshole, and then it felt like Jesus was, like, coming. But, like, I feel that in, like, a wholesome, non-sexual way with you, like, in my heart. It's Aww. like I got, like, a little Dragon Ball Z, like, sensu bean in my heart, and it's, like, the, the you know, anime clitoris or whatever, and it shines a little bit. When, and I'm like, oh, hi, Rome. Oh, my God. I'm literally going to type that out and print it out and put it on my wall because that means oh so God. much. Yeah, Thank you. <laughs> yes, I will. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Guys, oh if you God, don't follow her me. already, you absolutely need to please go follow her and please can I get a commitment from you that we will go to a rave together soon because I'm not even joking oh my like, god that is my dream. Yeah. I want to rave oh my god that's my dream <laughs> we are literally going to oh my god we are going to be a, a, ten- a tornado of pleasure I know we'll be a complete pain in the asshole to everyone around us and I cannot wait <laughs> yeah fuck them who cares exactly <laughs> well thank you again yeah, for coming on worry, I appreciate you, you just blame it all on me yeah. I'll, be, I'll be the bad cop I'll just be just like oh she's like, the, sorry she's, the she's really fucked up I'm like her friend like, <laughs> it's just, like I'm just yeah, taking just care of her me. making sure that she's okay participating yeah, in the same it's my <laughs> I cannot wait for I that day. I love you so, you so much. For much. Having me. I cannot wait for this episode to come out. Of course. Yeah. And thank you to everyone who has watched. If you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe to Just Position. This has been a production of Ramble, a Cadence 13 studio. New episodes every Thursday. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye.